Tracks. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternatives. Hello, Southern California. How are you? Welcome to the Astrology Hour on KFOX. Another exciting edition. This topic is part two of yesterday's show. So if you were a good puppy and you heard yesterday's show on the birth experience, we will continue talking about that. Today's topic is called the magic of astrology. So we're going to talk about exactly what happens at the moment the baby takes the first breath. God goes, yeah, yes. <laughs> All of a sudden this being manifests. Excellent. <laughs> okay, so that should be a fun topic for you. Okay, uh, we are ready to... Oh, you know what? I keep having this recurring dream. God, it's a fun dream. It's funny, but it's just a little strange. I'm on the air, and I can't find my carts. <laughs> Every, you know, I come in the station to do the show. I can't find the music. I can't find the... It's kind of freaky because I'm sitting there going, Jim, Mark, what's happened to my carts? Who's taking them? But everything's okay. I'm fine. The carts are here. So why does that dream keep happening? Maybe one day that will happen, and I'll be cartless again. Okay. I was thinking about this topic today. We're also doing the Sabian symbols, by the way. And this topic (laughs) is interesting, the magic of astrology, because I have spent a lot of time pondering astrology and the universe and God and karma and the meaning to life and the purpose of life and all that stuff. And along those lines, I reached a decision. Actually, I am a scientist in my own right, in my own mind. And I do actually try to prove things. I try to make things happen for me so I have a reason to teach that or share it with other people. And in considering or contemplating the basis or the foundation to astrological truths, believe it or not, it is very difficult to define or prove to someone in an argument, a discussion, or a debate, like with a Carl Sagan or a Ted Koppel or any of these agnostics, right, that don't believe in astrology, exactly how astrology does work. In my opinion, and in the opinion of many thousands, in fact, millions of people that are astrologically inclined, the only way you can truthfully and truly discover the validity and the power of astrology is to get into it and to learn your chart, to study your chart, and therefore validate it and verify it for yourself. So it does take an open mind to jump into this thing. You know, the sad thing about human nature is everybody wants something for nothing. It's like, God exists. Okay, prove it. All right, this 41-year-old guy is going to run for vice president. Oh, right, prove it. You know, <laughs> astrology works. Okay, prove it. You know, it's like everybody really wants proof, but they don't want to have to test the water themselves. They want other people to prove it for themselves. The proof is really in the pudding, truthfully. Unfortunately, a lot of people eventually get into astrology because they're in trouble, and they need to call me up on the radio to let them know what kind of trouble they're in. Then they get off and they go, wow, (laughs) this guy must know something because there's no way he could have known I was having that kind of problem. And he zeroed right in. It is not my job to focus on your problems, but unfortunately, sometimes it is a major way for us to help validate the rhythm or the cycle or the pattern or the vibration of the astrological effect. The astrological effect is what today's topic is really all about called the magic of astrology because the effect is quite magnificent. It is quite incredible, and I don't think those of us that are even into astrology, those of us that study it, or those of us that follow it every day, truthfully consider at any one given point 
exactly what did happen at birth. Can you imagine for a moment the miracle? I don't know if you've ever been around a woman when she's had a baby or if you've ever been in the room during the labor when the baby comes out of the womb. The baby, before it is revived, I hate to say this, but the baby doesn't look like, you you think the baby's dead because it's not breathing and its eyes aren't open yet. And it's a little frightening when the baby is first born because until it gets revived, people are sitting there going like, oh my God, you know, like there's a moment of doubt that's in everyone's minds like, oh my God, I hope this baby's okay. Isn't it amazing? Those of you that have had experienced birth, especially natural childbirth, are those of you that have seen and witnessed the childbirth and have seen the baby come out of the womb or from the cesarean and the umbilical cord is cut and then the child is eventually revived. When I was born, it was the old slap in the butt. My Scorpio moon went, oh, real good. This is going to be a great experience. Come out of the womb, end up getting belted first thing out. But anyway, now they are trying to massage babies awake, I think, more and, and revive them gently and more lovingly to kind of get the breathing cycle started. Isn't it incredible that here's this child existing in the womb for some eight or nine months, whatever, in the incubation, surviving off of the oxygen that's taken in from the mother, never, ever breathing because there's no air in the womb, right? Can you imagine holding your breath for (laughs) for nine months? Your heart is beating, but you're really getting the guts of the vibration. The prana of the universe is coming in through the mother, going through her body and her bloodstream, through the umbilical cord, into the baby, until the baby finally does come out of the womb, and then we all definitely hope that that child starts breathing. Well, something very magnificent occurs when the child begins the breathing cycle. See, when the umbilical cord is cut and the baby's cleaned up and the baby is revived and the breathing cycle does begin, a very magnificent miracle occurs. Because this right here is the proof in the pudding of the oneness of God philosophy because the child is so one with the mother, it's almost like a connected vital part of the mother. I actually think when babies are born, some mothers feel like they've actually lost a part of themselves. It's like, wait a minute, this child is me, and now all of a sudden the child is removed and it's separate, so that's why holding and cuddling and nurturing that child is such an instant maternal instinct because of the oneness that is shared between the mother and the baby during the incubation cycle, right? When that baby is born, it does come out of the womb and it does go through this experience. The miracle of life does begin, and the baby, of course, has been in an unconscious sleep state the whole time it's in the womb. So when it does start breathing and the eyes do open up, and the total separate consciousness does occur, there's an incredible electric occurrence that I feel and I have studied and I have proven does work right at birth. Now, people say, Farley, what is this? What diagrams this occurrence? What stipulates it? What signifies it? What magnifies it? What exemplifies it? What is actually going on here? Well, the universe is a breathing entity. The universe is a living being. When you talk about God, when you talk about the oneness, it's true that in the third dimension, Everything you do sense is a holographic projection of energy, but this energy is God force particle. So everything you do sense in this material world, even though it does have the appearance of being solid, liquid, gaseous, or whatever, it is still made up of this God energy, this molecular energy, which is moving at high volume speed, multiple times the speed of light. The orbits of molecules are going very, very fast. And this is really the God particle in action. So when you look up in the sky, and when you look at the sun, when you look at the moon, When you look at the stars, what you're really looking at is an incredible projection of this God pattern, this God force, or this engine that we live in. It's a breathing engine. And even though when you're looking at star systems that are so far away, they are still breathing, they are still moving. But from our point of view, a constellation like Orion or a constellation like the Big Dipper or a constellation like Leo or Virgo or Libra, any of them, they just don't appear to be moving much. Even in the course of thousands of years, 
you get a very slight movement from our personal perspective of these stars that we witness. But the truth is, is that they are moving. There is a breathing, a vibratory motion that is going on. It's incredible that if you take a look at a solar system, for example, the magic of a solar system is obvious because here we are on this planet, on this sphere. Talk about space balls, right? (laughs) All these planets are balls, right? And they're all trying to pull away from the sun, but they can't because the sun's gravity is so intense that no matter how far out a planet is, even if it's billions and trillions of miles away like Pluto, it cannot escape the sun's gravitational field. So you have all these planets boomeranging, right, because they're trying to escape the sun every time it doesn't work, and they get pulled back, and they get boomeranged around again. You get all these planets boomeranging around in this cyclical piston-type motion, and they never, ever go to the same spot in the sky altogether at once. In other words, the planets are always moving at different speeds and different times, and they're different sizes, so you never get any same planetary locations ever. They're always different. They're always change. It's like the solar system is breathing. I like to take a look at this solar system as a living entity. We used to talk about the Earth as having entity and consciousness. Can you imagine for a moment the consciousness of the star that the Earth goes around, the sun itself? I mean, talk about intense. Here's an energy focus, right, of trillions and trillions of nuclear explosions going on every split second, right, over and over again for millions of years, which creates a star. What an incredible, powerful focus of energy this is. This is a living, breathing engine that we live in here in this universe. And when a baby is born, see, every person is a reflection of the universe. I want you to know this. The philosophy and the basis and the theory of astrology is the as above, so below philosophy, which means the magic that occurs at birth when that baby starts breathing and the cellular pattern that is cosmically injected into that child when it comes out of the womb in this dimension during this life cycle, is the exact reflection of this magnificent engine, the sun and the moon and the planets and all the stars focus on the astrology sector because that's the ecliptic and that's where the planets really travel. And that is actually the circuit reflection, the cellular reflection that that baby embraces at birth. Now also, I wonder if you notice something else, if you've dealt with lots of newborns, You'll notice that a lot of times you could take 50 babies, I don't care what race they are, and you can put them next to each other within moments of birth, and they almost have a similar facial imprint at birth. Isn't it weird how a lot of babies look almost the same at birth? And almost a few days later, even one day later, isn't it strange that they suddenly shoot that facial change? I don't know if you've noticed this. If you saw my baby pictures, you'd go, whoa, you know, because like two, three days out of the hospital, I looked nothing like I did when I was born. It's like something happens at birth and that rising sign, you know, and the moon sign and the sun sign and all the planets are injected into these babies that really have no circuit imprint yet. Isn't that heavy? They don't really have a major circuit imprint. And when they start breathing, it's like they inhale the breath of life and they inhale the charge of the galaxy at that moment. And they're a reflection of the galaxy, of course, from our point of view, from our point of view in the galaxy, the sun, the moon and the planets are what we sense to be moving quite rapidly, are the uniqueness, the illusion of of the separation that we have chosen, right? The reflection of this uniqueness is what occurs right at that moment of breath. And then the baby, you know, actually becomes this reflection, this uniqueness, and hence the imprint takes place. And the bodily functions start working, and the baby starts eating and pooting and all that stuff, and peeing and all that stuff, and the life cycle begins, and the astrological pattern has been set. A lot of people say, well, Farley, 
Is it, there's supposed to be a pattern for each new beginning? Of course. There's a chart for the conception. God knows when that happens, right? If we had an electron microscope, we could follow the conception, then we can go ahead and chart the pregnancy, and, and that's a different life cycle. When the baby is born and it's finally alone and separate from the universe in its illusion of separation, it is the miracle of birth, it is the magic of birth, and the reflection of the solar system in the galaxy from the universe that actually tells us this uniqueness that the baby absorbs. So aren't you proud? You know, those of you that have reached a point of open-mindedness, that have gotten into finally understanding and embracing some of the power of astrology, I just for a moment, if we can all be Spock-like and embrace the logic behind the whole system, it makes a heck of a lot of sense. Of course, a lot of astronomers out there are going to try to prove it and say like, well, you know, how could you say that Mercury or Pluto could affect a child in this planet? Hey, it's like I hate it when human beings magnify their own ignorance because who are we to try to define God's work in scientific terms? You know what I mean? But the truth of the matter is that if you get into astrology and you study your personal effects, if you study the historical correlations that would have to do with where your planets are at birth, in other words, if you get your chart done and finally get that perspective, because that's why when we asked you for date, time, and city of birth, we're trying to freeze that moment and send you a chart of these planets of the universe frozen at that instant and give you a report, right, a life profile that will correlate these identifications, right, to help you understand this circuit you absorb. And that's why when so many people get their chart done or when they get a reading with an open mind, they sit there and they go, yeah, that's right, this is me, of course. Of course I'm a mental person and loaded with all these Aquarius planets. Of course I'm into science and technology with all this. Of course I'm a sexy guy with a Scorpio moon. Give me a break, I'm not a Virgo, right? Of course I'm a workaholic with all this Virgo energy. This is stuff that has been correlated through thousands of years of correlations passed down from astrologer to astrologer to astrologer and now published in this modern times, right, that is shared to help us understand the power and the technology and the behavioral effect from this magnificent universe, this magnificent work of the God force, the projection of these God particles in which we live. Why not? We're molecules. The universe is molecules. Who's to say that all molecules don't affect all molecules, huh? Haven't I read that somewhere, that all things affect all things? Who's trying to say that you don't affect me and that I don't affect you? We're molecules, aren't we? Yeah, it makes sense. It's logical to assume that this molecular state of the universe, or your chart at birth, would have a direct impact on you the moment you take that breath, the umbilical cord is cut, your eyes open, the astral body and the final imprint of the soul enters, and you're home. Welcome, you know, and that's you. And that's why you're different than anyone else that's ever been born ever in the history of this planet or any other because you were born with that chart. Maybe there's somebody born in Tuscaloosa that was also born at the same time. Maybe instead of being a white man from a Christian family, they're a black Muslim or whatever in a Jewish family or whatever, and they have a different body. They're a woman and they have a different environment. So they'll take those astrological energies and turn that into their own free will choice. Just because you're born with the same exact chart as another person doesn't mean you're going to be the same person because you might drive an exact duplicate Corvette a little different than another person might drive a Corvette. See, because the soul also has uniqueness. Aha. See, like the charge of the body doesn't dictate the way you're going to live. It's the soul that powers that vehicle. It's the astrological charge. What we're interested there is how the body, the brain, the heart, the lungs, the vital organs, and every cell in the human body is charged. The astrological effect, the magic of astrology, gives us the vehicular imprint on the body. The chart doesn't chart the soul. The soul is God. The chart is the vehicle the soul chooses to ride. 
It doesn't mean the soul is going to ride that vehicle the same as another person with the same exact chart. That's why twins are so different, in case you want. Isn't this a great show? This is the type of topic that I think that a lot of people need to hear, and sometimes I need to be reminded of. I'm Farley. This is the Astrology Hour, and I'm proud to be connected to you every day. I know who you are, the dedicated listener to the Astrology Hour that finds time in their day to either get in their car, take their lunch, blow everyone out of their lives to go, get out of here, I want to listen to this show. There's people like me listening, calling up with their career and relationship problems like I've got, right? It's funny how spiritual people, even though we're so spiritual, most of our problems are career and relationship. Thanks, God. We really appreciate the obsessions we have to be successful and in love. Okay. Anyway, like this topic is a personal topic. Sometimes I do one for myself. And this one's for me because sometimes I forget the importance of the knowledge that I have learned and the knowledge that I am supposed to share with people on the radio and in life that is connected with this magic, with this miracle that occurs at birth. If you've never seen a child being born, either from a video or from being there live or actually participating in doing it, being the producer and the director, being the mother, then uh, one day you might want to check it out because it is quite an incredible occurrence that does occur. And you gotta realize the baby does go through a shock when it is born, and when it does start breathing, it is a very heavy occurrence to finally enter the vehicle of the body. When the soul has final communion with this body and makes its choice to live this life cycle out. You know, a lot of us, believe it or not, I think in the last minute a lot of us goes, oh no, I'm not gonna get, go down there and be struck dumb and have to go through growing up in kindergarten, nursery school, doctors, dentists, shots, losing all my teeth, growing up losing your hair, whatever if you're a man, and a lot of people, before we're born, there's a part of us that goes, but wait a minute, you wonder why some babies don't make it, you know, because the soul in the last minute goes, cancel, you know, I'm out of here, forget it. You freak out. It's it's a painful thing. So an astrological absorption, you know, not all the planets are always in a proper perspective. There's stress. There's planetary stress going on in this engine, in this magnificent engine that we call the universe. There's sunspots, solar flares. There's full moons. There's new moons. There's planets being in square opposition to each other, in conjunct to each other. There's all kinds of strange occurrences that go on at birth that help delineate, explain, and reveal the karma of that child for the whole lifetime. So talk about the agony and the ecstasy. It's all there, and it is powerful, and this is definitely a wonderful show to have in your library to play for people that know nothing about astrology. Maybe it'll help explain it a little better. Now, let's go to our first caller, Scorpio Capricorn Rising. She's been patient waiting way before the show started, and that is Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Hi. How are you? Okay. What's your question today? It's about business. Yeah, most Capricorn Risings are pretty interested in business. Sometimes. Yeah, you look like somebody who spends a lot of money here. Do you burn a hole in your pocket when you get a hold of some? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't like you to have my credit cards. <laughs> some bank had sent me a statement and says, your balance is overdrawn. No. <laughs> Actually, you are shown money. I think that you might have to work on your shopping impulse. I think that in order for you to balance, that you obviously need more income than output here, and you are showing a surge of income, but wow, do you have lots of lessons with money. I wouldn't trust friends with money. I wouldn't be a loan company if I was you, because if you loan money out, you can't expect to get it back, and I would learn to save and budget as much as possible, okay? Okay. Thank you. Laura is a Gemini Cancer Rising. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Real good. How are you? I'm just fine, thank you. You're going to be in the bucks coming up here pretty soon. What do you got going? You got something big happening in business? No. <laughs> Too bad because <laughs> no, no. you have a, a Howard Hughes type chart here. Oh, good. 
good. But you can't make money by osmosis, you know. True. So what's your question? Relationship-wise. Are uh, you dating somebody right now? Yeah, I'll give you his birth date and you can... Are you real stubborn with men? Pardon? Are you real stubborn with men? No, I don't Somebody so. back there is going, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're listening at the radio in the other room. <laughs> yeah. Are you somebody that either won't give up or can't let go, and you're real stubborn when it comes to love and romance? Um, I fall pretty hard, if that's what you mean. It takes you a long time to get over relationships, too, if they don't work. Yeah. Yeah. You have a major karma here. It's called a Mars-Saturn opposition, Mars in Leo and Saturn in Aquarius. So your whole life is meant to be spent seeking balance with love. So it could be a frustrating area for you. What about this current guy? Doesn't matter about anyone else's chart, Laura. It's always your circuit that we're concerned with. And, you know, to find out what's going on in relationships, we look at your chart. I will look at his to see if he's compatible to you. Mm -hmm. But the question is, sometimes, can you be compatible to anybody with your power? Because it might be difficult for you to see other people's perspective sometimes. Okay. You relate to that? Yeah. Okay, what's his birthday? Um, 41862. You probably pick somebody that is just as much karma as you do. Let's see. Yeah, this person has Venus in Taurus, and it's square your Mars, so it's very challenging. It's extremely karmic. Venus square Mars in a relationship comparison is not what we call not the short odds. Mm-hmm. It's a big challenge. It's like climbing a mountain. And sometimes you will have bad days together. Do you fight with each other? Um, Not generally. It's relatively new. It's only about two months, but it's been pretty intense. He appears to be a really good-looking, charismatic guy. Yeah. Okay, so maybe that's the attraction. Is he the type of guy that a lot of women would like? Um, I don't see why not. <laughs> so maybe you have a competition going here, then. That might be part of the karma. Do you find yourself competing many times in relationships? With other women or, or the... Yeah, the, the type guy. of guys you go after are guys that women hit up on or call or seduce or try to, you I, know... I don't know. So this is the first one then, huh? Oh, sort, of, sort of. All right, so just be cool with it and protect your self-esteem and be patient and see what happens, okay? Okay, sounds good. Thanks Bye. a lot. Bye. Sandy's a Virgo with Gemini Rising. Hi. Hi there. How are you? Oh, fine. Pushing 40, huh? You got it. I'm there now. <laughs> I got there. I don't want to face it. <laughs> well, it's not so bad. I actually, I subtracted one. I'm 38 now. Oh, okay. That's what I'll do. I'm going backwards. Okay. I was wondering if you can tell me generally what's going on. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, this month could have been real weird for you. A lot of uh, strange stress situations. Financially, may not be so bad. I'm not worried about finance. Okay, good. That's good. Have you taken your vacation for this summer yet? No, no. Do you like to travel? Oh, yes, a lot. You look like you got a lot of experience in that area. Yeah, yes. I've, Have you been overseas? Yes, several times. Where at? France, England. I'm trying to get over to China. Can you speak Chinese? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have Jupiter and Sag, which is a real obvious travel-oriented person in 1948. Most of us have Jupiter and Sag. So you're a very intense Virgo. You might have some extreme sides. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a love-hate thing. And it looks like you attract a lot of attention, but you also require a lot of space at the same time. So relationships would be based with people in a balanced kind of way of like nature. Yeah. Intense, who would actually probably need a lot of space at the same time, be very extreme in their natures. Maybe you can coincide with them. Yeah. Okay? Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye. Okay, let's go to a couple of more phone calls. Nancy, the Aquarius Scorpio Rising. Hi there. Hi, Nance. How are you? And you're a friendly supporter of the show. Yeah, I sure am. You're a dedicated listener. You bet. <laughs> you go berserk when I come on. It's like, Farley's on, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but almost. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Okay, what, what can we do for you? Well, I was wondering if I might please have a general scan with an emphasis on anything positive or happy. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing for sure is that it appears your personal energy has seemed to pick up a little bit here. Mm -hmm. It might even be expressed in a nervous or an emotional energy, which what you want to do is turn that into something physical. So now would be an outstanding time to take up exercise or any kind of activities like hard work around the house or whatever to channel some of this energy, which could come out emotional if you don't channel it to the physical. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. Also, you are shown major rebirth and transformation along the lines of personal values, love values, perspectives concerning relationships and men. And a lot of times we are shown endings here, new beginnings, a chance for you to let go and process some garbage in your life and rebirth and blossom into a beautiful new creature of some kind, a woman perhaps. <laughs> and at the same time, you're also being given a tremendous opportunity for intellectual input this next 12 months from the Jupiter transit in Gemini. How's that for good news? That's very good news. Happy day. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Catherine now on line 7, Aquarius Capricorn Rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. I listen to your show every day, and I think your topics are very interesting. Thank you. I think you do a wonderful job. Now, I have a question. Uh, a few weeks ago, you did a show based on the sun and moon representing your parents. Right. The moon being your mother, the father being your son. Sometimes reverse, though, because some fathers act like mothers and some mothers act like fathers. Okay, that's what I was going to ask, because my mother is an Aquarius and my father is a Taurus. And in my chart, the sun is an Aquarius and the moon is in Taurus. Right. Well, sometimes we will see the karma reversed, because married people really do become likened to themselves sometimes. So sometimes I feel you can see the sun and the moon in one or both parents. Mm -hmm. So you can use them both to try to analyze one or the other. What house is your son in? My son is in Aquarius. In what house? You're, you're Capricorn rising. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it's the, um, the second house? No, one, eleven. No, no, no. You're Capricorn rising, right? Yeah. Okay, now, what degree Capricorn rising? Six. So your second house cusp starts at six Aquarius. That means your son's in the second house. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, now that would show your father to be a breadwinner or a money provider. Is that true? That's True. Okay, now what house is your moon in? Okay, second, three, four, five, fifth. Okay, now that would show your mother more of the family person, the one that deals with the children, yep. the one that entertains the children, and one that brings the family together. It's, when we got older, and then she went out and became very successful when we got older. Yeah, well, the fifth house is also a creative house, or would show an artist or someone that would be into developing their own talents, yep. too. So it's not always the sign, see? Sometimes it's the house the sun and the moon are in, too. I see. Okay. I was real curious about that. Thank you. Thank you for the good work. Well, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Jan now, Cancer Gemini Rising. Hi, Jan. Hi. What can we do for you? Well, I just wanted to find out what's ahead for me, primarily in business. Are you working? I'm working, and um, I started a new job about three months ago. What kind of work? I'm working in the office the first time I've ever worked in an office, believe it or not. You are shown more money than you've ever made in your whole life this year. In fact, it gets better in October and November, and most of 1989, you are shown literally a windfall. If you started your own business or started a supplement, you are at least shown better income, better salary in your chart, so it's up to you to manifest that. Okay? But you're thinking in my own business. Well, you're shown more money than you ever made in your own life. It's up to you how you want to manifest that. Hmm. Okay, pal? All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Let's go to Karen, who's a Capricorn Sag rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> I'm the person who sent you that astrological stationery for your birthday. Oh, God bless you. It glows every time I look at it. 
I'm glad you love it. it oh, I thought you were going to say, you were the person that sent me the naked picture. I was going, thank God you were, Karen. <laughs> If I find out who that person was, they're in trouble, too. Some beautiful woman goes, happy birthday, Farley, from your nudist lover. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> listen. Here's a spiritual man, right? Right. I'm, uh, you probably have other listeners that have Sag rising, but my rising is 26 degrees, and as we all know, I have that Saturn Uranus there. Right. So I just wanted to cut that in in relationship with money. <laughs> Yeah, that seems to be the issue. Well, you also are shown an incredible windfall right now. Do you have something in the works that you could make a killing on this week? Maybe the lotto. Oh, come on, Karen. This is the week to buy real estate or to buy stock, you know. Actually, a group of us who start a new nonprofit group sent a letter to a big financial concern that they might finance our endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's possible. Now, this Saturn-Uranus aspect is more like a personality change, where you might notice you're acting different, you're thinking different, you can change your appearance, the qualities of your hair. It is a rebirth. It's almost like the old self dying and, and something new coming up, the butterfly, so to speak, okay? Yeah. I love you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, there's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. This one was called The Magic of Astrology. I love you all. Have a nice day. Remember, life's too short to take personal. We'll see you real soon. Weekdays on KFOX 93.5 FM at 12 noon. Bye, everybody.